Welcome to the latest Brady Ackerman Show podcast. Hope you had a great Masters weekend and we appreciate you uh, checking us out and hope you're getting ready to make your way into Gainesville. The big orange and blue game coming up on Saturday in the swamp. And of course, if you're looking for Gator Apparel, want to freshen up the closet a little bit for you, your wife, your kids, your girlfriend. Come on into Campus Outfitters. They'll be open early on Archer Road. Whether you're coming north or south, go to Archer Road. It's right there on the right side when you get off the interstate at I-75 and visit them. Pick up your officially licensed Gator Apparel at Campus Outfitters, a sponsor of our podcast. And yes, it is Masters Weekend. Congratulations uh, to Patrick Reed. What a run by Jordan Spieth. What a run by Ricky Fowler. Uh, But it was also Masters Weekend. It was also scrimmage weekend for the Florida football team as they got back out there uh, in a closed practice for basically friends, family, and recruits. Uh, A lot of recruits on hand uh, for this uh, big scrimmage in the swamp on Saturday as Florida enters its final week of spring football with uh, Dan Mullen and his staff really trying to get a feel for what they have. Uh, They'll set up a game-type setting for Saturday. It'll run about two hours and it uh, should be a lot of fun. They'll pitch it around a little bit. Uh, I think it'll all be good. But these scrimmages have been vitally important into establishing who you can count on, uh, you know, the concepts of the offense and the defense and those types of things, and, and just to put guys in situations. And, um, you know, I think that if you, overall to this point, the spring's been a major success from the standpoint of uh, getting in the concepts on offense, the scheme on defense, uh, figuring out where people fit. I think some guys have emerged to show that they may be reliable come fall football practice and into the season. And I think uh, some other guys have gone the other direction. And I think that's what spring's all about. But the effort has been terrific. Uh, the kids have learned how to practice the right way. They've learned how to to work hard. It's carried over from the weight room to the practice field. And I, I just think Florida's going to be a more physical football team. One thing I'd say about this team right now today, with one week to go in spring practice, is Florida will be a more physical football team in 2018 than it's been in a long time. Uh, They had some physical teams under Muschamp. Um, Obviously, the first couple defenses were physical uh, with regards to um, McElwain's, but I think from an entire group, offense, defense, across the board, I think Florida's going to be a more physical football team in 2018. I don't know if that translates to more wins, uh, and it certainly will translate to more than four wins. Uh, but when I think of wins, I think everybody thinks, okay, eight wins is what you're willing to accept as a fan uh, for a year, maybe two. But after that, it's 10 wins or bust. And I think that, um, you know, I, I think, I don't know when I say, I don't know if, how many wins it will translate into because I don't know the schedule, the opponents, well, I know the schedule, but we don't know how good those teams are going to be and how the health plays out in camp and everything. But Florida's going to be more physical. Florida will win eight games minimum next year, um, and they'll be in every game. I don't see a team on their schedule that they can't be in the game with. Now, uh, most blowout losses and games that get one-sided usually are because of turnovers and special teams. So we'll keep an eye on that. But it's going to be a more physical team. And I tweeted out Saturday, you know, after watching this week of practice, the winter and final week, there's two things I think we know about this team right now. I think they're going to be infinitely better on defense, which a lot of people didn't criticize the defense last year because the offense just, again, was so horrid. But it was the worst defense statistically Florida's had in a decade. A decade. 
Uh, I think that changes this year. I think Florida's back to being Muschamp-esque on defense. I think they'll be elite under Todd Grantham. I think they'll be very good. Uh, I still think they got a lot of work to do on the interior. Uh, you'd like to see Juwan Taylor out there healthy, but Sean Davis has really shined. Uh, but a lot, of guy, a lot of guys will play for this team in 2018 on defense and a lot of good athletes. Uh, so, you know, whether they were recruited by McElwain or not, they've got some really good players on that side of the football that will play. So I think Grantham, that's number one. I think this is going to be a good defensive team, a real elite like they've been. Top 10, uh, one of the better teams, units in the SEC uh, again this season. I think they'll be back to being elite status. As we get closer to the season, we'll try to dissect whether or not they can create some more turnovers. I do think the pass rush is going to be really good, but maybe teams know it is, so they attack Florida differently. So a lot of different things about that. But I do think... The known commodity, if we if Florida lines up and opens its season next week and they have to go off of 10 practices, they will be a top 10 defense, another elite defense, back to what we're used to seeing at Florida. The other known commodity that I feel, and maybe I'm putting the card a little bit before the horse at this point in time until they settle on a, a quarterback, I think Florida's going to be a really good run team. I think that's been a little bit easier for the offensive line to pick up. Uh, I think the running backs are loaded and good. Uh, I think they, they, they've got tight ends that can block. Um, you know, I think even without Brett Heggie in there, I think they're going to be really good. And, and when he comes back, I think even better in the run game. Uh, I think I think this team's going to be able to run the football. And I also think that because that's what Dan Mullen does, okay? Uh, yes, Dak Prescott threw for 3,000 yards. Uh, yes, they've had a year where, where Fitzgerald two years ago threw for a bunch of yards. But he's always been able to run the football. And sometimes when you watch a Dan Mullen practice or scrimmage, it can get boring. It can get it can get boring. But that's good. You know, it's not good for us watching it because it's boring. Ah, another run, another run. But what he's establishing is what they're going to do and what they're going to do well. Let me, let me, let me put it in, in this perspective. How many times have you sat uh, around with your buddies the last eight or nine years and said, what does Florida hang its hat on on offense? What is their go-to play? What are they going to do when the time, the crunch time? You know, what do they do well that another defense has to come in and say we take that away from them, uh, or we lose the game? You know, what when when have you sat around and said, man, we do that well? They can't. We may not be able to throw the ball, but they can't stop power. You know, run play. You know, Florida hasn't had hung its hat on a play uh, in a decade. You know. Since Dan Mullen was here. So this is a team, or or even not even a play, but a, a, a mantra, a, an MO, a, a, a way of uh, establishing yourself. This team will be able to run the football. You're going to go into this game saying, okay, guys, we got to be physical on defense and we got to take away the run. I mean, we really have to take it away because they're going to be really committed to it and they're going to be really good at it. And I think, uh, I, I think those are the two things I know about this football team at this point in time. And I think they could win eight games right now just doing that. So I think the ceiling is a little bit higher for this team if they can get some contributions in some other areas uh, that we'll discuss. But overall, I think uh, you know it's been a very productive spring to this point. I think a lot has gotten done, um, the physicality of the practices and so forth. Uh, the strengths of the team, in my opinion, the secondary looks really good. Uh I think Brad Stewart's come around to be a really good safety. 
Uh, I think that uh, Henderson and, and Wilson are, are terrific corners. Edwards has had a nice spring at corner. So I think he's starting to, the light's starting to go on for him. He's got long arms, physical, looks like an NFL corner. Um, I think Sean Davis has had a tremendous spring uh, at safety. Uh, you know, Juwan Taylor has been in the non-contact portions of uh, practice, but in the contact portions, he's had to lay out in the scrimmages, and Sean Davis has shined. Uh, and I think Chauncey Gardner's had a really good spring. Uh, didn't play uh, a whole lot on Saturday, but uh, he's a guy that's, I think, really found himself uh, with Todd Grantham's defense and, and, and the coaching change. Um, some other secondary guys that have caught my attention, I think C.J. McWilliams has showed he might be able to contribute a little bit. I think Trey Dean's going to be the next next in line of one of the great corners at Florida. I think he he's already second team. Uh, so I like the secondary. I think it's it's talented. Um, I think they're, they've got guys that can hit. Quincy Linton has had a nice spring, I think, against the run especially. I think he's a very physical uh, safety that will get in the box and hit you. Um, I really like that back end. I think that's a strength of the team, even though the safety is – you know, Florida's had Marcus May, and they've had Keanu Neal, and they've had Harris. And they've had all these guys uh, that are going to the NFL at safety. I think the next line is in there, and I think those guys are going to be really good um, on the back end. So I, I like the I like that position a lot. I think the running back position is a strength. And here, let me tell you how good the running back position is. Okay, in this in the time that I've watched, Jordan Scarlett's look good, but they haven't he haven't really had to look good. You know, I think, um, you know, LaMichael Pirine has looked good. Everybody's talked about Damian Pierce. He's absolutely the third best back on the team or top three back on the team right now. But you know what? Iverson Clement's pretty good, too. I show, I saw a nice vision from him in the, in the latest practice that I saw where he, he runs a nice jump cut in the, in the lane in, in, the, in the tackle box and is able to make guys miss. I think he's a really good running back. And we know about Adarius Lemons. Uh, and what he did uh, a couple of scrimmages ago in the open media scrimmage, and then Malik Davis, who's going through the spring in a mental capacity as he rehabs from a knee injury. So I, I think Florida's in really good shape at that position. I, I really do. And I don't know if they have a starter right now, if it's a Michael Pirine, uh, if it's Damian Pierce, if it's Jordan Scarlett. But I know this, I think they're really good. I believe in Scarlett because I know what I've seen from him. And I believe he'll be the load in this offense. But... These other guys are really good. So I think it's a deep, talented position. That's the strength of the team as well. Then I think the third strength of the team is the defensive ends. I think Florida's six deep now at defensive end. Whether you call it rush in with C.C. Jefferson and Ja'Kai Polite and Jeremiah Moon, or whether you call it defensive end where Jabari Zaninga and um, Carter, Zach Carter, and now Antonius Clayton reside. Those guys, Clayton is playing much better, reaching his potential. So those six guys right there can really get after the quarterback. I think Florida's got a chance. I think people are going to figure that out very quickly, and I think eventually they're going to they're going to scheme those guys out of it somehow. So that's why it's important that that middle of that defense be really good, and they're still developing that. But those are the strengths of the team right now, and I, I believe that uh, as as we. A month into spring ball with one week to go. I think the offensive line's gotten better. Uh, Buchanan is a guy that I've told you folks about on this podcast. I said, you know, I like his, I like him at center. I like what he's doing. Um, he's getting some reps now with the ones. 
Uh, he's a good-looking, good-sized kid who just seems to really respond to John Hevesy's coaching. And so he's in. The, he's a guy that I would put on that list that hasn't done a whole lot uh, or hasn't reached his potential. And these guys in 10 practices are getting a lot more out of him than they have uh, – uh, the prior staff did, but but I think they their pass protection early on is better. Uh, their run blocking solid. Um, there, I think where the offensive line is struggling is communication, and that'll come. That'll come. Communication on twists, on on stunts, on things where the defensive line crosses. Uh, those are twists and stunts. Uh, but I, I think communication will come. I think we're looking for toughness, and we're looking for the running game. I think they're getting there. I really do. They still need some depth. Um, and so some of these young guys really need to have a good, strong final week and get ready for fall camp uh, because it's not a deep unit as of right now uh, on that side. But they will get Heggie back. Uh, the Heggie, you think about this. Heggie, Tyler Jordan, Buchanan, and McCoy can all play center. And they can all play guard. And then you got Fred Johnson, who's a guard. And you got Taylor and um, Ivy, who played tackle. So I, I really think they've got, they're, they're in great shape in the middle part of their offensive line. Uh, I'd like to see some of those young tackles develop, give the Gators a little bit more there uh, as well. We'll stay with the offense. I, I do think one of the biggest items of interest for Florida football this offseason <clears throat> will be whether or not Van Jefferson and Trevon Grimes are eligible this fall. I believe they will be. Uh, I'm not sure they'd have them running ones if they weren't, even though Grimes runs with the twos, but he runs the same spot as Jefferson. Trevon Grimes, or Trayvon Grimes, or he Grimes is going to be a first-round NFL draft pick. Mark it. Down. Guaranteed. That guy has incredible ability. And uh, I watched him go get a ball the other day that looked like it was going to be overthrown, and his his catch radius, his speed, his size. I don't think Florida's ever had a guy that looks like that, ever. I don't think. He, he makes Fullwood and Demarcus Robinson look average height. Uh, I don't think Florida's ever had a kid that has that much talent at wide receiver. And I know Harvin did and, and Murphy and Doring and all those guys in the past. I'm just saying from a physical standpoint, when you walk out there, that's that's not even fair. I mean, that's... He, he we, Florida's getting him for two years, and if he's not eligible this year, they might get him for one. You know, because you can be three years removed from high school. He's that good. Um, they need him, and I think if they have him and Jefferson, who um, is very, very good, very good uh, receiver, who also had uh, made some big plays in the last practice that I went to. I the, to me, they're the two best receivers on the team. I've said that every podcast. Get those guys eligible, and Florida will have a passing game this year. I'm not saying the Gators are going to throw for 3,000 yards because I don't think they have a quarterback that's ready to do that. But those two guys make anybody who plays quarterback at Florida better. I don't think anybody that Florida has that they inherited uh, from the prior staff is even in the same ballpark as those two guys. Now, Tyree Cleveland's returned to practice, but he's not 100%. Um, I think he's going to be really good. I think Hammond has had a great spring. And and I, I was telling somebody this the other day, watching him, I, and I did, went through this on the podcast last week about the difference between running a route on the outside and on the inside. He's still struggling with that, you know, and that takes chemistry with the quarterback. And But he's really had a nice camp going to, to, to the slot spot. 
And then you got Kadarius Tony, who's a weapon because he's an athlete who can make people miss. Uh, so I, I like the receiving core, but I'd like it a lot, lot better if those two guys are eligible. I think that's a that's a difference maker, really, in the passing game. I think Florida goes from a average passing game to a good passing game if those two guys play. If not, I think they'll be average throwing the football. Just what I think, you know. And I, I think they'll be very good at running the ball. They'll be average at throwing it. But if they if they get those two guys, they might be good at throwing it. Um, quarterback situation. You know, we talked a lot about maybe Emory Jones making a move last week. Well, that didn't happen. Uh, Emory right now, in my opinion, is the best runner of the three quarterbacks. He's the best, most skilled runner. And I'm not saying he's electric 4-4 guy, could take it to the house. He just understands that aspect better of the offense than the passing game. He's still... I think, in my opinion, he still looks at the rush, which every freshman quarterback does. They drop back to pass, and all of a sudden they see six five and six four and six three coming at them, and guys backing up. And, and you know, it just—it's a totally different look for freshman quarterbacks um, than any other position uh, coming from high school, you know. And so I think he's just wanting to take off and run a little bit too much, but I do think. He's talented, and I do not think he's a bust, and I do think he'll play for Florida this fall. But I, I, I still, he's got a long ways to go in the passing game. But here's the beauty of that: he's got another week, he's got all summer, and then he's got a whole month. So Emory Jones hasn't taken the team by storm at this point, but I wouldn't rule it out come fall camp. Um, what I will say is both of the two guys, I said last week that I think both Trask and Franks need to quit the pillow fight and somebody needs to assert themselves. And I think some of the pillow fight is the fact that they're trying to really establish toughness in the run game. And so the opportunities to throw the ball uh, aren't as, as good as if they were at Washington State and Mike Leach's recall in the offense. You know what I'm saying? I mean, those guys will be throwing it 50 times a practice. 50 times a scrimmage each, and you'd be able to evaluate who was good and who wasn't good. But in this one, uh, in this offense, you know, the first thing they're trying to do is establish toughness and then establish the run game so that they can have something they can hang their hat on. So I don't think the passing game is anywhere near uh, where it needs to be. But I, I think both guys have done some good things. I really do. I think Trask. I think the one thing that would hold Mullen back from starting Trask, all things equal, is he's never started a game in his life. I mean, I, that's kind of hard to think about, but, but he looks he, he looks like he can operate the offense. Um, I saw some more quarterback run from those two guys uh, in my recent practice, and I, and I was impressed with Trask's ability to run the football. Um, I knew Franks could do it, and I think the more those guys get comfortable with the read, uh, the zone read, the better the offense is going to look. They have to run the football. Now, they don't have to run quarterback power. That's what Fitzgerald ran 21 times pretty much against Alabama last year. But And, and I think they will run quarterback power, just like when Tebow was here. But I think he would rather have these guys be better passers and zone read, pull, and run guys. Um, if he's going to run quarterback power 20 times a game, he'll probably put Emory Jones in there and sacrifice the passing game. Um, but... Regardless, um, I thought uh, Franks made some beautiful throws in the last practice I was at. Trask as well. Um, I think if we played today, the Gators lined up and played today, Franks would be the starter. 
And uh, but I don't think there's that much separation between those two guys on either way. And I think Dan Mullen and his staff, Brian Johnson, a quarterback coach, they're just looking for a guy to kind of just take the bull by the horns, kind of take charge. And they see it in spurts, but not the entire aspect. Now, in fairness to those guys, and I thought about this at the last practice, when you're trying to establish the run so much, um, it's hard to get into a rhythm throwing the football. It's hard to get into a rhythm um, throwing quick passes all the time, and then you have to be throw intermediate or down the field if the run game doesn't work. So I think they'll get used to that. Um, the thing that I notice is both guys are very uh, into it. Both guys are learning uh, and asking questions and and doing those types of things uh, to get themselves ready. So I, I think uh, the, the the guy who can run it better will probably end up being the starting quarterback. The guy who can read the because I think they're both about the same throwing the football. I would say Trask is more is a better short to intermediate passer, and Franks is a better deep ball thrower. But man, is he a good one! And he's got an incredible arm. So that position continues to evolve. I think you'll when you watch on Saturday at the Orange and Blue game. And I'll maybe we'll, we'll do another podcast before that once they give us the teams. Um, I don't know if they're going to go 50 50 or they're going to go ones versus ones, twos versus twos. But sometimes that has a little bit to do with the success. Although they've rotated them 50 50 and both guys move the team from time to time. Uh, but it was certainly, I, I don't want to act like the offense is, is, is dominating. The defense is winning the spring if you're keeping count. Defense is winning the spring. And the reason the defense is running the spring is they can't block them on on twist. Uh, they've got a lot of athletes, uh, you know, uh, in this three four scheme that are making hay. And I think the secondary has just locked them down. You know, I talked about the secondary; uh, they've just locked them down. You know, I think to uh, to Daryl Slayton has really emerged as a potential uh, big time player at the defensive tackle spot. I still see some good things from Elijah Conliffe as the backup nose tackle. And, you know, I haven't talked much about Kerry Clark. And Kerry Clark's never going to be the guy that ends up with a whole uh, with Caleb Brantley-like stats. He's not Caleb Brantley, all right? But he might be really good in this defense uh, because he does his job. Uh, he's a physical, you know, a strong nose tackle who quietly, I think, is having a good camp. Really. I mean, you know, we don't really talk about him. He's not going to be a guy with a bunch of TFLs, tackle for loss. He's not going to be a guy with sacks. What he's going to, If they ask him to take up the A-gap, he's going to take up the A-gap, and he's going to hold his water. When we say hold your water, that means don't give ground. I'll end up in a linebacker's legs. So, you know, I haven't mentioned him much. He's a senior, a good kid. He's big. He's strong. Um, does he have the upside of a Slayton who's playing the three technique or a Conliffe who's lined up behind him? Probably not. Probably not. Those guys have tremendous upside, NFL upside. But he's a pretty good player. And you need those kids uh, in a transition. A guy who understands the SEC and how to play interiorly. Uh, I think he's key. And I think getting Kyrie Campbell back will be key as well. So I think that position is going to actually be pretty good. I really do. I I like the numbers there now after watching Conliffe and Slayton go through. Obviously, Luke Ankrum's done a really nice job. Um I, I think he looks good in there as well. So I, I'm feeling better about that position. I don't think it's elite elite yet, but I feel really good about it going in. I think Kerry Clark's a good kind of uh, guy to have on this team as they move towards the 3-4 to allow Slayton and Conliffe to really develop and be 
star players in 2019, which I think they both will be. In tw- I think in 2019, Florida's front is going to be salty. I mean, big times, so like Alabama looking salty. I tell you, Zach Carter's put on some good weight. He looks good already. Um, he's come around. I talked about Clayton earlier. Uh, I think the D-line's got a chance. It's got a chance. Um, and I, I'm excited that they've stayed relatively healthy, you know, in spring. It's been a physical spring. Uh, there have been long practices. Dan Mullen's asked a lot out of this team. And, you know, they've stayed relatively healthy. You know, and that's a good thing. That's good news. They're physical. That means they're in shape. That means they're uh, fundamentally getting better. There's no cheap shots. There's no guys doing the drills the wrong way and getting hurt and that kind of stuff when they hit. Um, it's, been, it's been a good spring. It's been a really good spring. I'd uh, like to see the kicking game step it up a notch. Uh, they've really struggled uh, getting some consistency at punter. Um, I think as good as Eddie Pinheiro was, I think they feel like they got a guy that's going to come in uh, and do the job. Chris Howard's a preferred walk-on from uh, Pontevedra. He's a good kicker, too. Um, he's been pretty sharp in the spring, and Powell's been around for a while. But I, the punter, Johnny Townsend, is probably going to be harder to replace. Uh, and that's important if your offense is struggling because he can flip the field. Now, hopefully the offense won't struggle. They won't need a punter as much. But they might. There might be some games where you got to punt it six, seven, eight times. And he was a, he was a weapon. So that's, that's a position I think they need to continue to try to fix and, and work on through the summer and, and so forth. So that's your latest podcast on what's going on. It's the final week of spring football this week. So we'll try to get you another podcast coming up before the spring game. Do want to tell you about a couple of other things we got going on. Buddy Martin and I will be at the World of Beer Town of Tioga in Gainesville, Jonesville actually, but we'll just say Gainesville, Wednesday night from 6 to 7, giving away some free prizes. So come on out there and uh, talk Gator football with us as we get ready to pack the swamp on Saturday. And if you have any questions uh, about the podcast or show or things you want me to talk about, just hit me up on Twitter, at Bradyac, and also on Facebook, The Brady Ackerman Show. Appreciate you checking me out. Until next podcast, so long, everybody.